Hi, John. Hey, Nicole. You ready? Let's do it. I'm Nicole Mears. I'm John Davis. And this is our podcast, Shape the Conversation. John and I work with a great team here at Shape.io, headquartered in Bend, Oregon. And just some history about us, we left our agency jobs as marketers to build software for digital advertising teams. On this podcast, we'll be talking about working in marketing and growing Shape.io. So John, why should you listen to us? Yeah, why should you listen to us all? That's a good question to start every podcast with, probably. We're a software company that's been able to get to profitability, which not every software company seen. We kind of have a little bit of a mix of being bootstrapped for the first couple of years we're out there and then going out to raise money and some perspective there. 2015, we put together a seed round outside the Silicon Valley bubble which always is a little bit of an interesting outlook to have. And broadcasting from Bend, Oregon, outside of that Silicon Valley bubble is even an interesting niche within that. We're like adjacent to the Silicon Forest, but not quite there. That's true. Portland is pretty hot these days, for sure, when it comes to the tech scene. So what what are we even talking about on this episode, Nicole? What are we talking about? Uh, The biggest company in the world? No, probably not the biggest company in the world. Mm, It's a good question. I'll look it up. They've got to be in the top five biggest companies in the world, but we're talking about Google. And as two people that have spent a lot of time as digital marketers, primarily focused on digital advertising that occurs within the Google ecosystem, it's a company that, you know, outside of shape has definitely influenced my life more than any other one, I think. We kind of got the idea for the topic too to do a little bit of a deeper dive on Google for a couple reasons. One, we recently put a blog post out there, My no, no big deal, my career best tweet, actually. It was a result of this blog post, too. I look forward to telling my grandkids about my you know, heroic tweeting back in 2018. But I wrote a blog post that talks about the best analogy I've ever heard about Google's business and business model, and I heard it back in 2013. You've heard me tell it many times over the years, but it's still the best analogy when you're thinking about Google, I think, that is out there today. I would agree. So you want to tell us a little bit more about what this analogy is? Going back a little history, Horace Daydu, he had podcasts. My, I kind of fallen out listening from it a little bit called The Critical Path. He's moved to focus on um, a lot of other things, and he has spent a lot of time thinking about big macroeconomic changes in tech, a lot of time studying Apple. And one episode back in 2013, he kind of turned his lens for part of the episode to Google. And he went through this analogy for how to think of Google's business model and how they make decisions. And as somebody that day-to-day was spending my time running ads on Google for clients, you know, it, it really struck me to think about how Google's strategy can be boiled down to really this analogy. So it's the analogy of kind of thinking of Google's business model as catching fish at the mouth of a big river. So a couple couple components to it. Google, for people maybe not as familiar with Google, can kind of be broken up into – two categories of business units or in terms of revenue sources, really two basic categories. There's, or for Alphabet, the parent company, really, there's like Google search business and not Google. And everything owned by Alphabet, Nest, 
Waze now is owned by Google. All these companies that are under Google or under Alphabet, sorry, they all kind of just feed off of the revenue that Google's bringing in to the rest of these companies within Alphabet. And the primary driver of that is search advertising. And Google actually just recently came out with their uh, Q2 earnings report, which we'll go through a little bit because it's got some information on it. But basically search advertising, when you Google something and an ad pops up and somebody clicks on it, that's really the most powerful revenue generator that's been created in modern business history, in my opinion. I can't think of anything that would rival it. Yeah, they've created a situation where everybody's winning. The, the person searching is getting great information. The advertisers putting their ad in front of somebody that just searched for that click. And Google is definitely winning probably more than anybody else in this scenario. But they've built some incredible technology and, and using Google is a great experience. So back to the kind of thinking about the, the river analogy, generally people, the more time they spend online, the more time they're going to be Googling. You know, if you spend two hours a day online as opposed to one, chances are you, you're going to spend more time Googling during two hours than you are one hour. So thinking about Google as this river with fish kind of flowing through it, and these fish are all the searches. So people type something into Google, hitting return, there's your fish flowing down the river. And they're going down this river, and at the end they hit this net, and that's Google's search bar. And that's where Google's monetizing all these searches, everybody using the internet. There's a few ways that you can sort of increase the amount of fish that are hitting these nets. And the most effective way to do that is really increase the amount of water in the entire ecosystem upstream that makes the river run wider, collect more fish, be a habitat for more fish, runs faster gets more fish to their nets quicker. That's the way to think about Google. That river is kind of like internet use and people spending time online searching is that current pushing people through to their nets. So Google Alphabet really now, gosh, it's so hard to, to say Alphabet over Google. Well, and just remember too, it's Google Ads, not Google AdWords. Oh, yeah, that's just to true. make it more complicated. Yes, yeah, back to kind of like, alphabet making big decisions about what they need to do these big bets are to essentially make it rain and increase the amount of water flowing through this ecosystem so the simplest example i can think about is autonomous cars mm. yep so you look at all the billions and billions of dollars that google's dumping into autonomous cars the millions and millions of now lawsuits that are between Uber and Google related to technology theft with employees trading. All this trouble they're going through to build an autonomous car. Why is Google placing these bets? Yeah. And that and that is really tough to see if you if you look at it from why is this essentially media advertising company worried about building a car? Well it feeds this strategy of making it rain and feeding the ecosystem because what are you doing if you're driving your car? You're, paying attention to the road? Hopefully, yes. <laughs> what you should be. attention to the road. Don't yes. text and drive. You listen to a podcast. You, you have passive things that at least you can stay focused on the road. One thing you're not doing is Googling. No. And if you're not Googling, Alphabet can't monetize your time essentially during that. So Google really wants to think about autonomous cars because now if you don't have to worry about driving for that hour-long commute, 
that's another hour you're spending on the internet and just the sheer fact of you being online means you're going to use google more I would just love the concept of a like four or five hour road trip without having to drive one bit. That would be amazing. That is a future that uh, I've got a two-year-old. You've got a 10-month-old. That's a future they'll probably live in in a lot of ways. We will probably live in at some point. You know, you see where Tesla's going. And with companies like Google that one of the things is like, the reason they also make all these other big bets is because they have so much money flowing in through search advertising that they can't spend it on just improving the search tech. Like there's too much money coming in. They can't spend it all on just tech. They have to think about these other ways. They have to be creative. They have to literally think about how can we get people using the internet more? Mm -hmm. So Google Fiber, going to entire cities and saying, hey, look, the entire population you now have free fast internet well and i along with google fiber i mean jason again but not necessarily tied to it isn't google the one who's doing the weather balloons or tried the weather balloons to bring internet to like rural small populations across the world i think you're talking about project loon and that was facebook but same concept you can look at facebook a lot of the same way i think facebook has a very make it rain strategy too the more time you're spending on the internet the more time you're probably going to be using facebook i think facebook just recently this week, we're recording July 2018. Last week, they announced plans or did launch a satellite to help improve, like you're saying, Wi-Fi to these rural areas. So these massive tech companies like Google and Facebook are trying to think about how do we make it rain? And essentially that rain in this analogy is just getting people to use the internet more. Yeah, absolutely. So like the result of that is some pretty incredible numbers and results that Google continues to report in quarterly earnings. If you look at their stock price, it's higher than it's ever been, continuing on an up and to the right curve. And for a company at Google scale, that's really impressive. Yeah. So as of what, a couple days ago, shares of Alphabet up 4% because they, you know, just managed to uh, report a revenue of $26.2 billion. And that's up from even the $25.6 billion that they were supposed to hit. The really interesting thing to me about some of these statistics is, you know, you talk about that net revenue, but one of the things that, you know, John mentioned, the other bets that they have, they specifically report on this, and the revenue is $145 million for this time period, okay? And that's up from $97 million. So that's great. Good job, Alphabet. The operating loss, $732 million. So let me, let me repeat this. $145 million in revenue, $732 in operating. Where are these gobs of money going? Oh, yeah. Like all of the river, the make it rain inducing project. Yeah, they're willing to lose massive amounts of money on these endeavors because that they the revenue from those might be accounting for 145 million but they're they're kind of playing like 4D chess, right? Like they're, they're that 26.2 billion that they drove, that's the money that they're they're focused on. And this is kind of a critical threshold. It looks like probably 2018 will be the first year Google tops 100 million or 100 billion, sorry, in revenue for the year. And that's still beating analyst expectations. The power of search advertising and the power of Google to deliver great experience to people is still producing gains that even Wall Street is surprised with now 15 years-ish into their run as a, as a public company, 10, 15 years into their run as a public company, that's incredible at their scale. They're 
revenues are up. What it, we're reading a business insider article that we're kind of referencing and the revenue continues to grow at an incredible rate. That's 26% increased revenue for even the previous quarter into summer months, which are traditionally a little slower in e-commerce in, in, in spots. And yet paid clicks on Google ads increased 58% year over year in Q2. And the amount of money Google received on those average ads actually fell 22%. You know, mobile clicks are cheaper, a lot more of the percentage are coming from mobile clicks. But if you're increasing overall 58%, you know, 22% of average ad click just means advertisers are now even more excited about your service because you're getting cheaper clicks than you were. What, what in business is the price going down for? I agree. It's so funny, though, because a lot of like the conversations on Twitter and, you know, some of the PPC communities, you always hear about how, oh, this new thing's coming out. Google's just doing it to increase revenue. And then you see a statistic like that, and it's a little counterintuitive. Now, overall, yeah, I mean, that's why you see that 60% increase in, in revenue. It blows my mind, too, that it's still since it's been the year of mobile for uh, going on 10-ish years now, <laughs> that they still credit their mobile advertising business as driving so much of their growth. It's, that's nuts to me. Yeah. The, I'd say the biggest question Wall Street had of Google and Facebook over the last five, six, seven years has been, can they withstand the mobile revolution? Definitely Facebook, a little bit more than Google, that question, but that is definitely the core question at the heart of Facebook, you know, starting 2012, 13, and they've crushed it. Oh, yeah. They've destroyed any hesitation any investors had on it. You'll see, you know, pretty much recommendation of a strong buy from any investors out there on those because they've really solved a lot of those mobile problems. People weren't sure if they were going to be able to. Mm-hmm. I'm just, you know, assuming that we eventually get to the, the end of the this is the year of mobile idea too. I, I'm really intrigued to see where those next major gains are because we know like eventually you are going to top out. I mean, there's still what I think it's harkening back to the Mary Meeker podcast we did like 50 or 40% left of worldwide market saturation for mobile phones left. So eventually we're going to hit, you know, a fair majority. Yeah. Like, like an overwhelming majority. Like half the world still doesn't use the internet routinely. Yeah. So once you get there, though, then what's what's that next step? And one of the interesting things you said is is Google just basically can't throw all of the revenue that they're making yeah. from Google Ads back into Google Ads. What does the future of Google Ads look like as opposed to all these these other bets? They're really forced to make these crazy other bets. If if they didn't, they would they'd just be hoarding cash. Yeah. At un obscene amounts. They're still hoarding cash. Even during Q2, they were fined $5 billion by the EU, and they paid their fine. And this quarter, they still made only small amount less than they did in profits from Q2 2017 without paying that $5 billion fine. So there's still incredible amounts of searches being done. I remember going to Google's headquarters down in Mountain View and sitting in one of the waiting rooms for my contact to come out. And in the background, they had a a video screen that was a real time, just kind of like firing of searches that were happening around the world, just the key term that was going in. And I'm sure they don't do this anymore, but it was a fire hose you couldn't even believe 
how fast. And just at the time we started recording this, there's been millions and millions of searches and ads shown and people have gotten information and still, what's, what's the recent stat on the amount of unique searches out there? Oh, I can't it's remember. It's still something it's like 15 insane. to 20% of all Google searches have never been searched before in that exact way. Yep. And that is crazy. I thought it was crazy when two, three years ago, it was still at 33%. You think about all the people that are Googling, all the stuff that has happened now, like to, for that number to still be at 15, 20% of all thing of what's being Googled has never been Googled before. It shows the still the, the vast opportunity that Google has ahead of it and how this search advertising business unit will just continue to spit off these incredible revenues. Yeah, well, and we've talked about this before, you know, as especially as voice search becomes more prominent. It's not huge yet, but, you know, as it grows or something like VR search grows, the queries that we make and then the way that we make them are going to change and it's going to it's going to spawn continued development, continued interest. Now, I still love my search ads. I, I don't know if I can ever give those up. If Google tries to take away my keywords, I'm going to be really sad. But, you know, it's it's really exciting to be part of this industry and seeing where it's going. Yeah, and I think the future of search ads and where those go, and you know, they they do put a lot of resources back into them. I think a lot of marketers that maybe listen to this would wish there was a little bit more put into it, you know, and the little bit more deeper, you know, customer support at times on the agency side for some people from Google, but. You know, they're going to continue to push the envelope on Google ads. You know, if you would have told me they were going to remove those, the right rail side ads down the right, and it would only improve performance and be a great change, it's crazy to me. Like, they, they are continuing to innovate. Google Maps, the Google CEO referenced in the earnings call Google Maps and what an unbelievable resource that is. And think about that. Like, think about the power that Google Maps has and what they can tap into there that if you're going to start trying to replicate that from day one today, how do you even begin? How, how does another company even begin to come in and disrupt Google Maps and Apple Maps? Apple's trying. Apple has is the, one of those other companies with so much money coming in from their hardware sales. They got to find somewhere to put it, so they put it into Maps. That's an, that's one of their projects. But to me, no nobody's better positioned to really execute on whatever comes next than Google because they've just got so much firepower. Like, can you remember this from from the update too? Don't look. How many employees currently work at Google? We'll give a little pause so everybody can guess. But current employee headcount at Google today, July 2018. What do you think? About 89,000. Yeah, you read it. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's funny because I was going to use that statistic yeah. for a different thought, and then you just kind of <laughs> stole, stole it. it from you. 89,000, over 89,000 people work at Google. That's up from 75,000 people at this time last year. So over the last 12 months, they've onboarded 15,000 new Googlers across the world. Probably some of the best and brightest from Stanford, computer science programs all across the country. They're still in awe. The world. Yeah, good point. There's an awe to working at Google, especially on the engineering end. I'd love to know how many of that 15,000 is engineers. I bet you we could dig in somewhere and find that. But the point being that like Google continues to push and bring on great people and have search advertising as its magic money 
generating machine that can feed all these other crazy bets and let Alphabet do almost whatever it wants. So I, I, I just really don't think I'd look for any companies to unseat Google over the next five, 10 years for what they're doing, which is still indexing the world's information online, presenting it to people in a search. I think there's some ways people could begin to chip away at that. But I think my my takeaway from, you know, continue to think about Google's business model is that it remains surprisingly unchanged because it's so consistent and solid and puts them in a great position to continue to control their destiny away and be one of the biggest companies in the world. I'd be very surprised to see them unseated from too many companies uh, growing bigger than them over this next 10 years. I think the only thing you can watch out for is maybe some international companies, Baidu, Yandex. Like, are they going to, you know, I, you, we were talking about U.S. We're talking about world, Google's biggest company. Like, but is there is there someone who can come up? I don't know. I was just like to disagree with you because I can. Yeah, I think, you know, somebody in uh 2008 right if they were looking at this and, and they said i hate to make predictions that are like 10 years out because so much can change but 2008 it probably would have probably said oh it's naive to think they can maintain this for 10 years or the superpowers or 10 years it's always changing whatever but if you pin down there are examples of the largest companies in the world staying on that list for 60 70 80 years and we're still very much at the beginning of the Google Alphabet story, they were still a Stanford research experiment just a little over 20 years ago. So there's still a lot to be accomplished, I think, in the eyes of their executives. Absolutely. I think we'll leave it with that. All right. Sounds good to me. So as always, rate, review, find us wherever you get your podcast. We can't say we've no longer gotten a review. We've got some reviews on there. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Queso Bob, I believe, will live in infamy as our first review there on iTunes. And check out the blog we'll, or the blog for show notes. We'll put up any links that we talked about. That's at blog.shape.io slash podcast. The, the other thing, let us know. I mean, do you, what do you guys think Google's going to do next? Where do you think they should throw their mind? Do you have an idea to pitch them? Do it? No, I'm kidding. Um, no, I, I'd just be intrigued to hear if anybody has any thoughts you know, beyond what we've just babbled on for, for yeah. about 25 minutes. Reach out to us. We love talking Google, thinking about how they are going to affect our world going forward and what that means for everybody uh, and how that affects your marketing and what you need to do. All right. All right. Till next week, over and out from Bend, Oregon.